You are listening to the JCN Clinic Podcast. The JCN Clinic Podcast is a place where nutritionalists Jessica Cox and Carissa Mason get real about nutrition and living a healthy life. They share with you their passion and their clinical knowledge for a fun, no BS approach to looking after yourself. Please enjoy today's episode and don't forget to subscribe and iTunes. Welcome to the JCM Podcast Show. Yes, we're live from the clinic. We are once again. Sorry we're a little late with this one. We um, missed last week. Things were a bit mental. Just a bit mental. A little bit extra. I think I was away actually. It's my fault. I think no, because our days didn't work out. So the day, we were either super busy at the same time and then you went away. Uh, you went away to the polo club. I went to the polo. polo. You don't do this when you say polo. Do you? To the polo. polo. <laughs> Put some crappy like posh English accent on. Uh, yes. <laughs> now we've made a promise today that we're going to try not to laugh into the microphones microphones. Um, and try and pull back (laughs) because we have kind of listened to the podcast ourselves a bit and and we've had comments from people that when we lose our shit laughing that it literally just bursts your eardrums (laughs) and so we totally apologize for that um we're just we're still going through a few teething teething issues with all of that stuff but we're going to do our best today yes Maybe we should just be really dry and not say anything interesting. I don't think that's in our nature. (laughs) So So, we're finally today getting around to talking about fasting. Yes, intermittent fasting or fasting. So it's kind of an interesting topic. We were going to – I think the reason we've held off a bit with this one is we – even for me, like I was like, I want to get all this amazing research so we can talk about it and Mm -hmm. I haven't got a research paper in front of me at all, but we're going to talk about it anyway because, hey, let's just roll with what we know. (laughs) Actually, um, I noticed that the ATP guys, they've been putting up videos of their podcasts on their – um, feed uh, lately on Instagram. Oh yeah, they, I heard them talking about one. Yeah, it was their first one where you could actually see what they were doing. They're just like little snippets, but you can see they've got these like pages of notes that they're flicking through oh, as they're well, talking. That obviously got every, all yeah. their data and latest research on there. It's just like you guys <laughs> you are me. awesome, but <laughs> far out. Like, yeah, but this is their job, right? I know. Like, this is what they do for a living. Like, yeah. I don't think any of them practice. Yeah, they like it's product development and yeah, exactly. Podcasts. But so, I was just thinking about our scribbled <laughs> things that we were down and really it's just brain dumps every fortnight it's a brain dump and literally like we go okay what's our topic and 15 minutes before it we scribble our notes down as to what we want to talk about it exactly but it's different like we we i guess from from a practical not these guys have a lot of practical experience behind them as well doesn't matter that it's doing that no Ah, okay (laughs) so it's looking at the computer turn the volume down for your ear convenience but we're not sure (laughs) anyway um I can't, I can't remember what I was saying. From a practical experience, like we see what this does in people's lives. Most all our topics mm. that we talk about, like we see it every day in clinics. So for us, it's kind of like, like yes, the research is awesome, but practically what's actually going on. Yeah, exactly. And that's, why, and that's what's important for us to convey yeah, all the time. Yeah, because what happens on paper and what will happen in a textbook yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that's exactly. how it's going to play out in people's everyday lives. That's it. Yeah. So that's what we're <laughs> passionate about. So I've had a lot of you guys talk to us um, in all sorts of capacities, whether it has been through clinic or even um, through social media or so forth, reach out about fasting. So yeah, we're finally going to cover it today. Um, one of the things I was just saying um, to Carissa was that I want to make sure today that we really 
we want to convey what fasting is about and what all the exciting research is about, but it's really important that we also talk about like the applications of this as an everyday aspect yeah. for people and where it's practical, where it's certainly not, and also the emotional components that come along with it and um, just a lot of the, I think, warnings that need to be yeah, put in I, there along yeah. the way because I think it's just such a buzz thing at the moment yeah. and we just want to make sure that you guys understand, even though we're talking about a lot of the um, great research, that there's going to be other aspects we need yeah. to include as far yeah. as being practical, practical about it. And yeah, and it's like, it's like so many things. It's there is a lot of amazing research, and there's a lot of promise in it. And I think, yeah. and in terms of like, in terms of trending things, um, I feel like intermittent fasting is something that I am actually excited about. Like, yeah. there's a lot of stuff that I'm just like, oh, for f's sake, like. Yeah. But then, you know, every once in a while there is a bit of a trend that comes through and the research that backs it up is yeah. actually promising and exciting. Yeah. And I feel like intermittent fasting is one of those areas. But yeah. again, it's it's been practical, like what Jess says. Like this is not the be-all and end-all in terms mm. of health and longevity and it's not the be-all and end-all in terms mm. of um, this is being suitable for everyone. Like I definitely mm. know, like we've, we've all got clients that have asked us about it, but it, there's clients I've told them, no, we're not doing this for you yeah. because of X, Y, and Z. And yeah. that's what we're going to get into as well. Yeah, for sure. For shizzle, my nizzle. <laughs> let's do it. All right. Well, let's talk about the different types because there's lots of different variations of fasting. So yes. we've got um, calorie, just overall calorie restriction. Yes. Um, it's, oh, wow. Was that just me? Did, did it, I imagine that? Did that move? Yeah. It did, didn't it? I thought the same thing. I'm like... That's weird. Yeah, I Chris's know. microphone just actually like moved, moved without across the deck. <laughs> you know when you see glasses? I actually stuff. feel like there's hair standing <laughs> off the back of my Well, I did actually just go like that, so maybe it just slid. Yeah, oh, that's all. Yeah. Oh, okay, there's no ghost. Oh, that's a bit of a downer. <laughs> you know the first time when you flip a glass upside down when you're washing and it sits to the bench and yes. then it suctions and slides across the bench really slowly and you're like, holy shit. And the first time you see that happen, you're like looking over your shoulder <laughs> going, what else is in this room? And then you realize that it's just, you know, a phenomenon of science. <laughs> no supernatural activity here, freaks. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> anyway. So we've got every day, um, well, not every day, we've got calorie restriction in general, which is just restricting how many calories you're eating on a daily basis. Then we've got the 5-2 diet, which has had a lot of attention, a lot of books written. Yep, yep. So his his kind of theory works on it's five days of Mm -hmm. calorie restriction v two days of eating whatever the F you want, kind of. Yes, well, yeah, and which is where there's obviously, I think, a lot of holes in that protocol because it tends to be like five days restriction and then, sorry, um... Yeah, no, you're right. I got around the yeah, wrong yeah, way there. Five no, days right. restriction. Yeah. And then obviously it's just like, woohoo, I can yeah. go crazy. Which we've talked about um, cheat days and all of that stuff and how, you know, kind of yeah. rubbish the whole concept is. So There's it's, not really much put into it, I yeah. think. Or it's not presented as well yeah. about being nutritionally balanced yeah. and thinking about what you eat on your restriction days as opposed to the days yeah. where you have yeah. more calories yeah. or normal calories as such and let's be honest you could do the five and two diet healthily or, oh, of course but i just think like let's just look at human nature yes. as a general what the hell we're gonna do and i think yep. a lot of people go i'll be good for five days and totally yep. blow the bomb on the other yep. two days and exactly 
that's kind of where these sorts of things start to get. It's the same with everything. There's a healthy way to do it and yeah. a not so healthy way to do it, which we've talked about in the past. Yeah, so, for sure. So we've got the five and two. We've got um, time-restricted feeding or mm-hmm. the um, like 16-hour fast. So that's kind yeah. of where you actually give yourself a block of mm-hmm. time in the day that you're going to eat mm-hmm. and then you don't eat for X amount of hours. So you go on. And typically the, mm-hmm. the one that probably gets the most press is, is the 16-hour fast. So yeah. for eight hours of the day you eat – and then for the other 16 hours yep. of the day, you fast. And this one kind of started, I think, from memory, a research study they did on rats where um, they yep. fed them. Like, but remembering, too, that rats are nocturnal feeders, I think. Like, rats mm, are rats active at night. True. So when they originally did this study, they did it on, you know, they fed rats during the day for eight hours mm-hmm. and during the night for eight hours and, mm-hmm. and, you know, looked at them in terms of, like, fat and all that mm-hmm. kind of jazz. And obviously the night feeding rats that were, mm-hmm. you know, put on this time-restrictive feeding thing were healthier and then the ones that were fed during the day for the eight hours were less healthy. Mm-hmm. You can't really apply that to humans, I don't mm-hmm. think, because, A, we're not nocturnal eaters. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the – We're not rats. We're not rats. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just state the obvious yeah. issue. Yeah. <laughs> rats also have a much faster metabolism than humans too. So I think when you look at what they do metabolically, they do it five times quicker than we do. Yeah. Okay, so there's a few things – in that, but I still mm. think in terms of research, it did set up some really promising stuff yeah. that then led to further research, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, where um, there have been human trials, that have human been trials, done. Yeah. yeah. So I think looking at the um, in like that whole um, time restricted feeding thing and applying it to human application, where you can mm. actually eat during the day and not at night, and mm. look at it like eating between eight mm. hours of the day, morning or afternoon sort of yeah. thing, and then the sixteen hours. Yeah. That's where it's more exciting. And working with our circadian rhythm essentially. Yeah. So it's about maximizing the food intake in that period of time where we're more metabolically active as opposed to where things naturally metabolically start to taper down and when we're asleep or we're more of a repair mode and so forth. So our body is not thinking or utilizing digestive processes that can actually focus on those other areas, which is, you know, that classic thing we would do anyway as opposed to whether you're awake and... Active in the day as opposed to sleeping, but obviously with the fasting or this type of intermittent style of fasting, yeah. it's about pushing the boundaries out there further yeah. um, and going from maybe that whole get up in the morning, having breakfast, and then eating throughout the day right up until when we maybe go to sleep at night, which yeah. could be like 10, 10 30, and yeah. then really only maybe getting maximum like eight hours where you're physically not putting any food in your body for some people maybe even less probably even less like when you think about people that have dinner and then graze through the evening go to bed at 11 and then they're up and eating breakfast early yeah so yeah and then there's the what was it what was the other one we wanted to talk actual fasting (laughs) where you actually don't eat (laughs) our favorite yeah let's just not eat let's just not eat and let's do it for anything up to 21 to 40 days like Oh, okay, so obviously you don't have to like know much about Jess and I, but I think the tone of our voice says it all. Starving yourself for long periods of time, I'm not a fan of, okay? No, like, no. <laughs> it puts the body into a state of stress. And I just think, like, yes, I don't actually think there's any amazing research on fasting. I'm not, like, actual mm-hmm. long fasting and longevity, A, because most people start eating again. And <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and the whole aspect of all these other types of fasting, intermittent styles of fasting, is that 
there is a restriction, but then there's a basically a refeeding. So it's about, which we'll talk about, it's that balance between the two. So it's not just about not eating, it's about when you eat again and the relationship between what happens in the body. So when you just fast on its own and you don't eat anything, you're not actually creating those benefits. You're just starving your body and slowly dying. (laughs) (laughs) Slowly your body's just eating itself and breaking breaking everything down. Who needs a heart muscle? (laughs) Who needs a a femur? (laughs) It just starts eating its own brain. (laughs) Away from the microphone, Jessica. (laughs) Who needs a femur? (laughs) So this picture of a leg eating its own femur. (laughs) 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 <laughs> sorry oh man uh, and then we've got fasting mimicking yeah fasting mimicking diet which i've been a bit obsessed with yeah. in the last year yeah. so fasting mimicking is more about it's very it's similar to intermittent fasting but it's essentially done over um say about five to six days where you have um calorie restriction mm-hmm. so you'll only consume a set amount of calories in that time frame and then you'll go back um, to a more sort of regular diet. But when we look at the types of foods you have with um, this type of protocol, it's very much about focusing on the fasting where it's mainly fats mm-hmm. with minimal protein and carbohydrates, yeah. which is about supporting the biochemical processes that happen yeah. while you're in that fasting period. And then it's also about when you refeed again, so going back onto like again a normal so dietary protocol, which is fundamentally based about still a healthy dietary approach, yeah. it's about all the benefits there. So what I love about this protocol is that there's a lot of research that's yeah. been done, um, definitely rat-based, but also <laughs> moving into animal research. Um, the the people behind it still say they acknowledge it's still in their infancy, yeah. but so, they're getting. So with the fasting mimicking, is yep. it when you're actually in that calorie restricted stage? Are you kind of slipping into that ketogenic stage yes. as well? Yeah, cool. yeah, definitely That's fascinating. Yeah, so you essentially, which is with all of these protocols, yeah. obviously going into more of a ketogenic state. Yeah. But it's very much about, and this is where I think they're all really fascinating because it comes down to what you're actually consuming yeah. while you're fasting. So this one's very much about just maximizing more fats and yeah again minimal protein and minimal sugars so the concept is there's less fuel there to feed mutagenic type of cells so from a glucose point of view and then also amino acids in regards to some of the amino acids for cancer based cells um and off the top of my head, um, IGF, IGF-1. Yeah, IGF-1 yeah, yeah. IGF-1 yeah. feeds um, off protein as well. So the yeah. whole aspect is it's more fat, yeah. um, which tends to then push more of that fatty acid utilisation, yeah. which yeah. is great for the body in that yeah. the body or our everyday healthy cells can utilise that. But yeah. for anything untoward, yeah. um, obviously it's creating more of a volatile environment. Yeah. And for people who don't know what IGF one is, it's yes. just one of our mo- it's like a one of our most growth promoting like factors in our yeah. body. So if you can actually which is great, which is interesting why when we actually get into um, – I didn't actually realise that part of it was called fasting mimicking because that's heaps yeah. of the research I've read as well, yeah. very, very similar stuff. So it's interesting that obviously for people who are in the sports and fitness industry, they're really mm. trying to upregulate their growth of um, IGF-1 because mm. they want to put on muscle mass and mm-hmm. they want to build and they want to – 
you know, like they want to yeah. grow. So it's all about feeding that IG, yes. IGF one. So you're going to put on, you're, you're going to, pro- it's going to promote more muscle growth and more yeah. pro- proliferation of cells. But then when you flip side of that and you have like what Jess was saying, um, you know, any sort of disease state in the body, especially when we start looking at cancers and mm. um, autoimmune things like that, that you actually want to switch that process mm. off so that interleukin growth, interleukin? I can't remember the IGF one. Yeah, IGF one. Yeah, I'm like getting, it does. It's interleukins that that's were reduced too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too quick. Um, so obviously then the flip side of it is is that why this works so well in those states is it's actually, oh, it's up to my microphone. It's mm-hmm. kind of starving that process a bit. Yeah, so exactly. So which is why this fasting mimicking and in, like um, intermittent fasting mm-hmm. style of eating has, is getting pretty exciting in exactly. terms of you know, treating certain types of disease states or conditions. And I think what's important there, as you just mentioned, is that the IGF-1, we're just pointing at one thing here, but like it is a really important factor. It's not good or bad. Like it's not like we need it really, really low and it's bad. There is like a balancing act between the two. everything in the body. I think we become so fixated. Like as soon as there's... Anything for whatever your given mm. outcome, you want you want your given outcome to be. People just hone in and focus mm. on this one thing, and it's just like it's like the whole acid alkaline debate mm. and the whole um, oh, over methylator or over mm. under methylator mm. debate. It's like for frig's sake, there's mm. no our body is our whole body and every biochemical mm. reaction in it is a balancing act. Yeah. You don't want too much of this happening, and the flip side, you don't want too yeah. little of it happening because exactly. homeostasis isn't about the extreme of one or the yeah. other to do with anything. Yeah. So. That's why I think with these types of diets, when they use as protocols for disease, it's really important to do your measuring. Yeah. You know, like obviously you can go by signs and symptoms and how people are feeling, mm-hmm. of course. But I think particularly when you're working with like chronic disease states, measuring, if you can, like whether, you know, you can do it yourself or work with um, a doctor or a specialist yeah. to measure things like IGF-1 and all of the other yeah. sort of There's inflammatory, inflammatory markers, markers um, autoimmune markers prior to fa- like where someone's at to start but then prior yeah. to a fasting period and then just after a fasting period yeah. taking note that like a lot of the research that's being done too has seen these amazing benefits when they're um, tested at the end of a fast but then you test them again like say a week or two weeks later and everything's gone up again yeah. you know it's kind of like well you know are we just sort of seeing like a bounce like yeah, a rubber like band a, effect like, here yeah, like, but, like we've kind of like just rolled you back in like pulled you right yeah. back in and say everything looks great and then you slingshot you back out i know exactly <laughs> that's where again it comes back to what we're so passionate about is that it's what you do on a day-to-day basis besides yeah. these fasting periods or how yeah. you bring it into your lifestyle yeah. it's like what you choose to then eat ongoingly and i think i think that's super important because even when we're talking about the time restricted feeding like the 16 hour fasting like Mm. i've been watching people do this for years and even Mm. before i started practicing like this was still Mm. kicking around especially in the whole like because i used to work with a lot of guys that were into all the buff gym shit and (laughs) you know let's have a hundred protein shakes a day and Things like that, and you kind of go, and one of them would do this, I'm doing this, you know, I only eat for eight hours a day, Mm. but he would shove himself full of, like, bread and carbohydrates, Mm. and it's just like, yeah, you can't, like, the theory of it's great, but Mm. you're just jacking your body with shit in that eight hours, so realistically, what you're trying to achieve, your body's actually just going to spend the next 16 hours trying to undo the damage of that eight hours, like, so... Yeah, it's a good way to put it, Yeah, so it's like what Jess is saying, it's so much about, yes, these protocols are amazing, they've got promise, but so much of it is too, A, what Mm. you're doing within them, what you're doing when you're not doing them, it's not just all Mm. about this quick fix effect, so much of it too comes down to Mm. what you're doing overall in your lifestyle to Mm. look after yourself and then implementing these things if they're possible within Mm. 
what you need. One of my favorite, I'm sure I've mentioned this maybe to you before. I think I have. Um, I'll tell you in a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of my favorite um, study outcomes that I read about this is, I think I might have even wrote it down when I was reading it. It's like, oh my God, but essentially... Off the top of my head, there was um, a measurement done between people following a ketogenic protocol for six months and straight then ketogen. straight ketogenic for six, for six months, as opposed to <laughs> everyone would love to see my face right now. <laughs> as opposed to um, a group who did fasting mimicking diet for yeah. either four or five days yeah. once. Yep. And then followed it for six months with just a Mediterranean diet. Yeah, the med that group profoundly yep. did better in all outcomes I can just... than the ketogenic diet. One oh! one fasting followed by Mediterranean yeah. diet. Like what does that say yeah. about like giving the body all of the right fundamental Mental building blocks? Yeah, and we've talked about this in our detoxing yeah. podcast and all of that. Like this, these whole shock tactics, yeah. they don't work. There's like they do work to a degree mm. for maybe a short amount of time. And it's, I shouldn't say they don't work. But when you actually compare them with – what exactly what Jess mm. is saying, like something that's actually realistically achievable that's not shocking the shit out of the body, yeah. um, long term, we're still seeing better results mm. in what is sensible as opposed mm. to what is crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the nicest way to say it. <laughs> so let's talk a little that'd bit. Be a cool research like, paper. Oh, yeah. I would have had cool. like a nerd gas. I actually haven't that. even <laughs> read the full paper. I've just like the guy that I'm obsessed with that does a lot of the research. Yeah. His name's. Um, Volta is his first name. That's why I remember it. Oh, Vol Vol Volta. Volta. Dr. Volta Longo. Dr. Volta Longo. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Like done so yeah. much. And he's Italian. Like. Of course. <laughs> like of course all the is. amazing people <laughs> doing all of this. Like, Italians all the, and the Spanish. And so forth. But yeah. yeah it's, um, he's been involved like forever in all yeah. of the research around yeah. um, these types of protocols. So yeah, I heard him talking about it and I was just like, that is so amazing. Yeah. And it's so amazing too. Like, I think this is why we're so passionate about chatting about these topics, but just giving you guys the, the balanced, mm. the balanced angle from everything. Cause I think there's so much hype caught up in all of this stuff at the moment. Mm. And it, it is, all, it's, it's just so much of this quick fix approach, like shred your body fat, cure cancer, yep. do, of all, or do all of this when, mm. I think we just need to take a step back from all of it because we live in this fast-paced society where it is a bullet a bullet pill approach yeah. to everything. And mm. unfortunately, the human body just doesn't work like that. It's Exactly. It's just we need to start being so much more realistic about what we're doing every day to look after ourselves and then implementing the, the boosts, yeah. if that makes sense. And you could look at, say, intermittent or intermittent fasting or fa you know fasting mimicking diets yeah. as a boost for your health. But it's yeah. not doing something like that alone and then eating shit and not exercising mm. and being a total crazy stress head and not mm. dealing with any of that. It's, mm. yeah. Let's talk about why it works. Yeah. Like what, what are the benefits? Um, because I think that's important without getting too sciencey about yeah. the whole thing. So people can understand. <laughs> Excuse me while I have a drink. <laughs> so essentially what we're talking about here is, and we've mentioned this a little bit before, we're creating 
a larger period of space over the time when your body's yep. in more of um, a repair mode. So it's yep. working generally with us, those sort of, um, I say circadian rhythm, yeah. I don't know if you say circadian. Circadian, circadian I think we say the same okay. thing. Look out, folks, we're a grand on a word. <laughs> so we're giving a body a period of extended rest. Yeah. Um, also, when we are, depending on the type of protocol we're talking about here, when we are eating in a fasting state, we're giving it certain types of foods yep. as well. So the the key is that when you're in these states that you're actually down-regulating some of these growth factors. So we yep. mentioned um, the IGF-1. Yep. Um, the other one is your TOR receptor, that's yep. right, and your protein kinase A, that's yep. your three. Yep. But you're also down-regulating your pucker. Your pucker, PKA, pucker. <laughs> A lot of inflammatory markers, which we could list, but yep. we won't because that's just yep. too nerdy. Um, yep. And there's also some really awesome research about what it does to stem cells as well. Yeah, that's so pretty cool. That's yep. where a lot of this comes in around autoimmunity which we'll get yeah. into cancer i like to think of it as just like it's just taking allowing your body to take this big breath it's taking think, away um the stresses yeah. of just um having digestive processes yeah. going on and also it's taking away as we're talking about potentially glucose and protein yeah. and so forth and creating an environment where everything's down regulated and basically your body does what I like to yep. think of as like a really amazing spring clean. It That's goes exactly, in. exactly what it is. Yeah. And it just basically, from a cellular point of view, it can go in and go, right, you're a crap cell. I'm going to get rid of you. Don't like you. Don't like you. And it basically turns everything down and actually creates, um, we call it apoptosis yeah. or um, atrophy. Not atrophy. That's not atrophy. What's the other? No. Um, <laughs> Ah, no, nah, it'll come to me. But apoptosis, so it's kind of like a, a cell death. But yeah. essentially, we're we're getting rid of things that yeah. aren't yeah. beneficial. And then when we come back to a refeed, if we're putting in the right types of foods, we're actually then encouraging cellular regeneration. Yeah. And that's yeah. what's exciting about it, where it's not just about taking the food away; it's about the refeed process, yeah. and it's then. This beautiful regeneration where ideally, particularly if you've got mutagenic type of cells or um, autoimmune based processes, they're actually resetting. It's kind of yeah. like, um, I'm getting excited by my yeah. um, <laughs> analogies here, but it's a reboot. It's it like is, when it the is. computer doesn't work and it's like, have you tried turning it on and off again? <laughs> Turn it off and leave it for 30 seconds. <laughs> it reboots and it's like, okay, let's start creating these cells in a better way or yeah. in the right way yeah, because what's happening in people's everyday life at the moment is that we actually are not giving our body a chance to do that mm -mm. so what we're doing like typical daily life is we get up and we we eat or we exercise and we eat or mm -hmm. and then eat and exercise whatever we do and then most people will then snack continuously throughout the day and then we'll have our lunch and then we'll snack continuously throughout the afternoon well not we as a collective let's generally like mm -hmm. we'll talk about what we do but then, um, and then you go home and depending on what time you get home, you have probably a, a big dinner and you, and you overeat and then you, you know, that might, and then you might have some after dinner snacks. So you, you're basically kind of typically feeding yourself from 6am, some mm. people through to like 8.30, 9 o'clock at mm. night, and then you're going to sleep and getting up and redoing the whole process. So the, the body has probably seven hours, if that, 
to digest all the stuff you shoved in your face all day, mm-hmm. which is, you know, we need to eat, but let's face it, most people are eating too much and too frequently. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so all our body has time to do in that seven hour window is digest food and just go boom, boom, boom. Okay, great. Now she's waking up. Let's do the process again. So by actually stretching out this amount of time and actually you know, like shutting down from eating and the di- the whole process of digestion, there's a whole other biochemical things like host of reactions mm. and stuff like that that takes over, which is exactly what Jess was explaining before. Mm. Our body actually goes, oh, cool, well, I've digested all my food and moved all that shit along. Now I can actually start doing some cleaning up and repairing yeah. and looking at, oh, okay, that shouldn't be there. Let's piss him off. And- yeah, <laughs> so true. Yeah, and that's that's where it's getting exciting yeah. because as as a as a nation and as you know like just people in general we we are overeating and we're eating at mm. the wrong times and we're having mm. these massive dinners and i think why this research is fascinating is again it's you know been given the fasting label mm. and all that stuff but what it's actually doing for us is starting to rein in what we should be doing anyway mm. is actually not you know not only eating for 8 hours of the day but having a good breakfast and not grazing, having yeah. a lunch and not grazing, giving your time, yeah. your body and, and everything a chance to digest mm. dur- like digest during the day. So by the time it comes tonight, you're not then having a massive meal. Mm. You're having either no meal or something fat-based and actually giving it a lot longer to you know do what it needs to do. And then it's got all this extra time. It goes, mm. cool, now I'm going to do all the stuff I've been wanting to do for years. Right. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of, you know, you think of things like ketogenic and paleo and so forth and all these different labels, but... A lot of this comes back to like how the body functions well and in particular from a people talking about paleo, they'll talk about those paleolithic days. But yeah. of course people weren't in a state of abundance. Like yeah. essentially our westernized culture are in this state of abundance where we have what our, we want um, as far as food at our fingertips. We basically overindulge yeah, a lot of a the lot. time. I think as a society, there's, there's overindulgence. And these types of diets, ironically, rain, are just actually reining that in. back in yeah. to what we would be doing if we weren't in a state of yeah. overindulgence. There's, there's, well, there's a really amazing saying, and um, my part, like Greg's, my partner's uncle, John, he's, he's 82, mm. 83 this year. And this guy, like, he's amazing. Like, mm. he's, he's read all the, you know crazy books out there on fasting he's mm. for someone who he he lives an ama- amazingly simple life which i think we all should live he mm. just eats stuff out of his garden he's not he's not overly stressed um he's you know like he had a heart attack a year ago but up mm. until then takes no medication does nothing but his whole theory behind life is eat to live don't live to eat yeah and that's the thing mm. he eats a he eats a big breakfast but you know like he doesn't. He, there's lots of things that he does that I think contribute mm. to why he is the way he is in terms of health and just longevity. But the key factor is is he doesn't overeat, yeah. and he's he's done some pretty crazy things. He was into urine therapy for a while as oh, well. Wow. But he gave me a book on that. I'm like, John, I love my far out <laughs> shit, but I don't think I'm getting into that, mate. Um, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like, it's just a really interesting concept. You know, yeah. it's just. As a society, we are overindulging and doing it way too much. And it's not about going, okay, you can't have fun anymore, Mm. but looking at, again, how much of it you're doing. Yeah. I'm not saying fun is overindulging, but I think, you know, it's that whole 80-20 thing. Like for a generally healthy person, Mm. you know, like all of this, you know, like time-restricted feeding or fasting mimicking stuff is great. For someone who's actually in a disease state, so autoimmune cancer and all that stuff, this stuff Mm. is actually quite promising in Mm. terms of, you know, what it can offer. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about some of those conditions because um, because I think it has become so popular now. It's like yeah. every person's jumping on it and doing yeah. it for 
everyday health. And I think there's elements of obviously what we've been talking about where you can bring this process into a daily aspect, but done in yes. more of a, um, I think, a, a sort of gentle approach yeah, way, which is that. really what you were talking about, where it's not overindulging all the time, where it's not yeah. having um, periods of eating that are just continuous from like head off the pillow to head, head down, down the pillow. pillow. Yeah. There's, and then, you know, a lot of those sort of factors, but there are certainly some health conditions oh, absolutely. where it can be really amazing. Yeah. And that's where I think in our field, it's, it's, it's pretty exciting. It's, it's exciting. Yeah. Mm. So I actually love it just in terms of, cause everyone like the whole, the whole, just even insulin, yep. like I'm, everyone knows I'm a bit obsessed with insulin, yes. insulin and leptin and our, yes. you know, our, you know, um, metabolic syndrome. So cardiovascular yep. disease and all yep. of that stuff, blood, lipids, cholesterol, mm-hmm. um, all of our visceral fat. So mm-hmm. pretty much that whole inflammatory picture. So mm. when we start talking about insulin resistance and we start talking about, you know, um, visceral fat, so if, like your visceral fat is your fat that's really stored, you know, around your gut areas and, and your bum and your thighs and, and your things, organs. And your organs. So it's, it's, it's not a great fat to have. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, insulin resistance, we've talked about that. Leptin, leptin resistance. So for people who don't know what leptin is, we've got that hormone in our gut and when our insulin's out of whack our um, leptin signal is out of whack so you're constantly feeling hungry and that has a downstream effect on our cortisol um, and then obviously our cardiovascular everything becomes inflamed and we can talk about all of this in another podcast because <laughs> I bloody love it but in terms of when we start looking at using these intermittent fasting style protocols even you know a few times a, a few times a week or mm. realistically into people's lives you see so many improvements mm. From a pathology perspective, but a you know a physical yeah. perspective as well, you see people strip fat a lot easier yeah. or lose weight easier, and it's not about weight loss; it's about yeah. improving health and decreasing infl- inflammation. Exactly. And so, obviously, you know, with that comes that loss of visceral fat, improved mm-hmm. insulin sensitivity, mm-hmm. um, improved leptin response, and everything like yeah. that. So that's where I find it really fascinating. Yeah. Your and turn. I think- <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so true. It's like, okay, that's what I like. Now yeah, it's your I, turn. <laughs> I'm probably more excited about um, the cancer implications. So, so which I was talking about before. So with helping with um, really turning off um, cellular mutations oh, and then ideally retraining the yeah. cells um, to grow in um, a more obviously positive and beneficial way. Um, yeah. A lot of the research has also shown that the type of um, whether it's fasting mimicking or um, intermittent fasting is really at its best and most profound when it's actually applied with chemotherapy. So there yeah, are right. certainly benefits, but that the two of them together are where like the real turnarounds are happening. And I think that's really important to acknowledge with these some of these types of conditions mm. we're talking about. We're not saying, hey, just cure cancer with going on a fast. Like yeah, that's a so lot true. of the best yeah, definitely the best outcomes are the two together. Um, Overall DNA repair that comes with that. And then I also love the autoimmune component. So I love the autoimmune All of this realistically coming down to the same things where you're retraining the body, you're encouraging it to start to use different pathways again. It's that whole reboot. And I'm giving it a chance to repair and do what it can actually do if you give it a chance to do it. Exactly. We need to acknowledge how freaking smart our body is. We just need to give it a chance to do these things. For sure. Yeah. So I mean I know like clinically for me I've loved using it and had more um of a pull towards using it for those sort of conditions, particularly I'd say autoimmunity. Yeah. Um and I must say um 
from a client point of view and their experience of the protocols yeah. as long as they've felt like they had a plan, as we always are so passionate yeah. about, so Giving they know what to do. Yeah, not just go um, on a diet. They've certainly felt like the benefits. Like yeah. obviously these are just measurements as well, but people yeah. will usually tell you um, that they feel um, more of a clarity they feel like right, more energized. They'll say, yeah, more light. They'll say they feel lighter, but it's not even about being digestively lighter. They yeah. just feel more focused, more energized. Yeah. But this is coming from people who are struggling with disease processes as yeah. well. So I'm not just talking about like an everyday person. It's coming yeah. from people whose bodies um, under yeah. a lot of inflammation and so yeah. forth. So I find that really amazing. But yeah. I feel like they're probably the big standout areas yeah. where there's a lot of exciting research. Yeah, absolutely. I think. And Do I miss any? No, I think we co- we kind of covered it. Like we did, yeah. Like obviously DNA repair. There's some pretty interesting research in that, but that comes back into what Jess is talking about with the whole with the cancer market, like cancer markers. But you know, like looking at that style of treatment, autoimmune mm-hmm. and inflammation. I think definitely comes back to what I was talking about, and then just inflammation in general. Hell yeah. So I suppose the thing that we want to talk about is there's with there being so much amazing promise, and you can you can obviously tell Jess and I are pretty excited about this. I think the thing that we really wanted to rein in as well or, you know, bring home was that we do have clients that we won't use this with. And uh-huh. I think because like everything, you have to kind of really look at the psychological uh-huh. um, perspective of people you're giving this to. You have to look at whether or not their body can handle something uh-huh. like this. Like I've got some clients that I, I feel like this would be an uh-huh. amazing thing to do with them. Physiologically, their body's not up for mm-hmm. it. A, they either don't have enough weight on them because there mm. is a chance you will lose weight doing mm. this. Um, there is obviously the psychological component when it comes to eating disorder and body image. Mm-hmm. So you really want to look at what mechanisms this could potentially kick in mm. or flick or drive home for people. So that's a really, really big one for mm. us. And I think that's something like because so much of um, like clinical practice and that, especially when you're dealing with digestive health or inflammation, it does delve into there's food restrictions Uh and restrictive style diets to get effect. And this is just another one of those to to be honest. Yeah. But again, it can't be for everyone. No. It's just the, you've got to look at the risk V the benefit. Mm. And sometimes the risk far outweighs the the potential benefits. And it's fascinating because the risk of it, like if done in the right way from actually just a pure biochemical point of view, like there's, there's well, at this point, there's yeah. a lot of positives and yeah. where they're still finding out long-term if there's yeah. going to be detriment. But really the risk we're talking about, as you said, is more of the mental, emotional aspects, yeah. the dangerous relationships with, with food, food that can yeah. eventuate. So, you know, that's so vital to weigh up on a day-to-day process with clients. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to turn my phone off because it's beeping. Is that away. right? I can't even hear it. I can hear the internet it's going distracting off. distracting me. Yeah. No, no, no. But that's Jess is, Jess is 100% right. Like there's... Cause she is. Cause she, she bloody is. <laughs> she have her wrong. Um, there is. Like there's just so much of a psychological element to any sort of, you know, profile. And look, we've... You sometimes you don't know until you start, you know, protocols with people. Like you, yeah. can't, you don't, you can't pick the psychological impact some things are going to yeah. have on people when it yeah. comes to, you know, certain dietary things until mm. they get into it, and then you're like, oh dear. Yeah, we like, see that with the the gut work we yeah. do. You said with certain restrictive protocols we yeah. use, and you you can feel like someone's okay, and then yeah. you get to a, a certain point with them, you're like, oh, this, this is, yep, okay, okay. This nah. is some warning bells. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and it's it's just yeah, it is. It's and that's where it comes. Really 
risk versus benefit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's yes, it's so important that we get your gut sorted, we get this autoimmune condition sorted. Yeah. But what's more important is, you, is that you can live your day to day life. Yeah. You know, psychologically less impacted. Yeah. And we slowly chip away at these other things rather than we hit you hard with you know. Yeah fasting or into or time yeah. time restricted feeding diets to to get this amazing you know sure. physiological yeah. outcome but psychologically you're going to end up a fucking yeah. mess, Ooh, a exactly. mess. sorry <laughs> she did so well it's <laughs> doing so well guys sorry <laughs> um and the other one that i mentioned before was the whole hpa access which really ties into this but yeah. basically um you know, I, I sort of think about this as far as what we know and what we don't know and yeah. also the everyday application of, yeah. like, looking at it from putting a person on a fasting protocol and then tying it into their everyday life. So, yeah. And I, I know from seeing this with clients um, using um, more of the fasting mimicking mm. diet where they've had a month where they've done the diet, not the full month, but they've done a month yeah, where yeah. they do, like, a four or five-day protocol and then have a normal month as such. But they've had some great months, but then you put them in a month where there's a lot of stress, yes. a lot of cortisol running through their body, a lot of mental, emotional um, aspects going on, and their ability to deal with it yeah. is so lessened. Yeah. Um, they really struggle from yeah. a hunger point of view. And, yeah, um, yeah the emotional aspects involved with food yeah. too start to play because yeah. obviously – when people are under stress for so many, it's about food and they want to use food as a reward. So, yeah, I think that it's, again, we can get really excited about the science the aspects, science. Yep. but you need to take it into context of how it's not only affecting all these um, awesome biochemical markers, but what's it doing to the rest of the body? What's it doing to our um, endocrine yeah. system? You know, what's it doing to... Our, our brain, what's it doing? Yeah, I was going to say that, our brain. Yeah, what's yeah. it doing to our gut? Probably a lot of good things, to be honest. Yeah, but like, actually, I found some amazing research a couple awesome of Awesome stuff with yeah. like autoimmunity <laughs> in the gut, gut but, but <laughs> essentially, we don't know. And even the people doing the research are saying, we don't know 100% yet. It's um, promising. It's very promising. But let's see. What but let's are. let's wait and see. One of the things that I heard um, old Volta mate say old mate. was, old we're at a point where <laughs> if. He's saying we we don't really know 100%. If you have time to wait, then wait before yep. jumping on this as like a full lifestyle. But if you're someone who has MS or you have yeah. um, cancer or you're, you have something and you're just like, I need to do something. I need to but try then, something. By all means, you do it under the supervision of a practitioner and your doctor and yeah. so forth. So. You know, if the people who are producing the research and living and breathing this are saying that, yeah. then what does that say about yeah. being careful about how you put this into everyday life yeah. and that whole aspect of it becoming just, you know, um, like the next fad and people just jumping on it and going, yeah, yeah I'm just going to do this. And let's be honest, a lot of people love a fad because they're going to lose weight. Yeah, no, this is <laughs> the thing that pierces me off about yeah. it is that so much of it is again and i know we're going about this all the time but everything it's oh let's do it because it makes us freaking skinny yeah skinny is not healthy <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah yeah oh god i'm not going into it yeah no no exactly and that's that's where a lot of people get drawn to this so look we just really wanted to sum up with the importance of that at the end because we wanted to point out the benefits we wanted to point out that there are some amazing things happening when this is put into practice in the right way and we 
love working with it as a both, part of a practitioner-based yeah. tool. And I think, it, yeah, like Jess and I both use it in very, like, various different forms yep. with clients that it is, you know, relevant for or yep. suitable for. And we do, you know, like we are seeing results, but it is, it's applying it in a practical sense. Like there's, like I've got some clients where we just literally, we don't make them eat for eight hours a day. We just literally do 12 hours on, 12 hours off because that's what works for them. Like it's just, it's so adaptable at the moment. And with where the research is sitting, like you you need to do it with someone who knows, who can make it appropriate for your lifestyle, but also do it with a guided sense that A, Mm. you're not doing any more harm than good. Yeah. I think that's pretty much what yeah, I need definitely. to say there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we've covered everything that we wanted yeah. to cover today with that. Yeah. I feel like it's a pretty exciting topic. And yeah. if you guys have got questions, because it is such a meaty, meaty subject, subject, there's a lot in it. Um, even if you're um, – we'd love to hear from you actually, like if it's something that you've tried and how yeah. you feel and yeah. – you know, what's worked for you and what hasn't, what you have tried, like the specific yep. types of fasting you've tried. Yep. Um, Likewise, yeah, if really you're be... interested in getting into it and mm. you want to do it under the guidance of someone who has rational brain processes, <laughs> come and see us or drop us an email. Like we... Exactly. <laughs> yeah yeah like if you do feel like that this is something you would like to try but do it under and do it under the guidance Mm. of someone then you know obviously you can choose your own practitioner but pick someone who is really going to look at you and you as a as an individual and as a person and decide whether or not this is appropriate for you look at you know obviously things from a pathological perspective a physiological perspective and a psychological perspective yeah the three p's yes just make that up (laughs) (laughs) definitely no it's super important so yeah and as always as we always say like we'd love to hear from you in general so so please feel welcome to get in contact we um we always want to hear from you guys as to what you'd like us to talk about next yep we always will keep that um on the back burner Mm -hmm. for uh, our other list of things we're planning on bringing you yes um also, as far as social media, if you can leave us any thoughts or reviews there, but also on iTunes, um, SoundCloud, SoundCloud we love a good old review. You guys yep. know that. Yep. Um, and share this episode. Share this episode. Share away. Share away. Yeah. Okay. Have a great weekend, guys. Yeah. Done. Far out. We just did that. We just did it. It's done. Done. Boom. <laughs> Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the weekend. We'll chat to you soon. Catch you soon. Bye. Bye now.